Hello and welcome to the Fabulous by Design podcast. I'm your host, Evie. I am excited you are listening today. This show inspires and empowers you to take the next step towards a life you can't stop thinking about. I am bringing in people from all over the world with authentic and inspiring stories. People who change their lives from good to better, from miserable to great, turned strategy into hope and became successful entrepreneurs and business owners, living their dream life on their own terms. Grab your favorite note-taking device, lean back and get inspired. I believe that everything you need to create the life of your dreams is already within you. Hello, everyone, to another episode of the Fabulous by Design podcast. Hello to Oregon, to Justin today. I am still not taking it for granted that I have the chance to connect with people all over the world and bringing in these exciting stories that hopefully your listener will not just empower you to take the next step, but will motivate you, will give you hope and faith that you can do the same. As I mentioned, I'm speaking today with Justin. Justin is an international best-selling author. We will hear about his books and his writings a little bit more in our conversation, A Poets and Spiritual Guide. Hello, Justin. I am so excited to jump on this conversation with you today. Please introduce yourself to our audience. Well, my name is Justin Wessenberg, and as you mentioned, I'm an international best-selling author, and you know, I've been doing writing poetry and publishing it for the last five plus years now. Um, and I also do spiritual mentorship one-on-one and I also help people with personal poems and that's where I'll channel a poem with personal guidance just for people to, you know, tap into their soul's path and mission. And, you know, it's been a lot more rewarding for me doing that kind of work than the work I was doing before. I don't know if I jump into that right away. Sure thing. Yeah, continue. Okay. I think it's exciting. I would love to hear a little bit more of what is a channeling poem because a lot of oh. people will not know what it is. That makes sense. Um, so for a long time I was writing and I just thought I was writing. And I had an experience where I was writing poetry for one of my friends. Her mom had just passed away and she was really like devastated because her and her mom were super super close and Mm -hmm. so what when I went before I wrote the poem I asked her mom like in in a meditation like do you want to step forward and share any words with your daughter like what you know what is there any messages you have for her and I started kind of dabbling in that around the time but when I wrote the poem I wrote it and a lot of the things I wrote is something I would never write myself like I was talking about horses and all these other things I'm like this makes no sense to me and so I gave her the letter and a couple of weeks later, I actually met her in person and she was just so blown away. And she, she said when she opened it and read it, she was bawling her eyes out. And I guess her, the message from her mom was exactly what her mom would have said to her. Mm-hmm. And I think it hit her, hit her in a way that she did not expect. And we became really good friends after that. And I think she really kind of looked up to me and really valued my opinions because we'd been friends before, but after that, it was like, it really kind of cemented things in. And she kept calling me like a channeler. And I was like, I'm, I don't feel like I am. Like, I just kept, I kind of kept denying it for a couple of months. Cause I'm like, ah, oh, no, I just write poetry. Like I, I don't, that's not me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, so and you, didn't believe, having, you didn't believe, you didn't believe in that gift I didn't, yourself really quite. I mean, I thought I had the gift, but I didn't want to like seem arrogant to myself, I guess, by mm-hmm. saying that and saying, oh, I'm a channeler and all. You know, I, and and I do have those skills and gifts, and I and I know that, 
but I had a hard time admitting it to myself because I, I, I didn't want to, I don't know, I, did, I didn't want to, I guess, feel like I was bragging or something. Like, I don't know how to really explain it, but uh, it took me a couple months, but then I had other people saying that. So when I started like embracing it and being like, okay, yeah, I do actually, I do do this and I do channel poetry. And so when I write, it's very much, you know, a free flow of information. And usually I'll, I'll be in like a meditative space beforehand and I'll just ask, you know, spirit, like what messages need to come through here. And it, at this point, it just flows out so easily now because I've written hundreds of poems and I've been doing this for so many years. It's, it's really easy. And so, you know, it's hard to describe really the sensation, but it's kind of like my hands are typing and I'm not really aware of what's being typed, so to speak, mm -hmm. until I read through it again. And I'm like, okay, that, you know, that's really cool or whatever. So, and there will be times, obviously, you have to like edit a little bit of grammar, a little bit of spelling, but it, for the most part, it's very fast, very easy, very fluid. And I feel like for me, the gift I found with that is allowing myself to just be a conduit for the messages rather than like taking ownership or taking credit or feeling like, oh, well, that's, that's my writing. Like mm -hmm. I did write it, but I don't, but the messages are to be shared. Like it's not, I don't, you know, I think you can release that like ownership piece, so to speak. So um, that's kind of how I would explain like channeling messages. And, you know, there are some people who channel who do it all like vocally or live in front of an audience. Like that's, that's, that's not me, at least not yet. I just, I, I do it through writing. And, and so that's kind of, and it's taken me, you know, for people who might be interested in doing that themselves, like it's taken me years to develop the skills and the gifts to do that. And so, you know, if you just practice is, is important. Like, mm -hmm. Thank you for this first explanation. I'm saying first explanation because we will be diving deeper into the topic and further in your books. But I would love to know, Justin, because it hasn't been always like this. You said you're writing and guiding people spiritual since about five years. Would you like to mm -hmm. take us back to the time where you were being doing actually something completely different? Absolutely. So before any of the spiritual stuff happened, I was actually a construction worker for quite a few years and I was your very, you know, typical construction worker. I mean, I was quite a bit younger then, but, you know, I'd, I'd work, you know, 12 hours a day, six days a week and go home and drink a couple of beers and play video games. That was like <laughs> my life, you know, it was a very normal life and I didn't super love it, but also it was all I really knew. And that shifted for me after a really intense breakup with my partner at the time, um, you know, we were planning to move to Vancouver and it just all fell through. And I, you know, it's one of those moments where the rug just kind of gets ripped out from under you and you, you know, you had all these plans in your life about what you were going to do and who you were going to do it with. And it just, it's completely gone. And you're like, it feels like you're, you're starting from a blank slate. Like, what do I do? Where do I go? Who do I want to become? And these were all the kind of questions I was asking myself. And then the piece that shifted for me after that wasn't actually, uh, it was a, a bit about writing, but the biggest shift that happened first was actually I started doing yoga. Mm -hmm. And I went to a yoga class and I had this huge emotional release in the middle of the class. Like we were doing a big hip opening stretch and I started bawling my eyes out. And after that, I realized I'm like, okay, there's more to this yoga thing than just stretching your body. Like there's other stuff because I had a you know, huge emotional release. And so that's when I started really diving deep into yoga. And that's when the shift started happening to me for me. Like I started practicing five to six days a week. I was still doing construction at the time, but the shift had started and, you know, I was becoming way more energetically sensitive to things like the food I was eating and the th things I was doing. And 
I stopped feeling aligned with, you know, all the construction guys at work and it just didn't mm. feel like my path, my calling or my path, yeah. you know? The language uh, potentially, right? Oh, for uh, sure. The hobbies, the beer drinking, I can only assume, right? Oh, yeah. Playing video games, like yeah. numbing, right? Like yeah. literally yeah. Um, not wanting to listen to yourself and literally every evening coming home from work and not wanting to feel what we are feeling in your case was probably already a long time ago that you... If you would have listened, you might have felt already that construction work is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. And I would love to know um, the reason why this shift started. I would like to love to know from you, would you have experienced this, awake- this awakening or this spiritual shift or any kind of shift if you wouldn't have been going through this breakup? Like my question goes in a direction where do we really need to experience something bad do we need to go through a sad story in order to reawaken and to start going into the direction of our calling or to follow our desires uh i think it depends um i definitely think that a lot of people who are going through a spiritual awakening journey or a big life transition it tends to happen with those big life events that just takes the foundation out from under you because in some ways you need to be willing to change your beliefs and your preconceived ideas of how everything needs to be. And people tend to not want to do that unless something big happens, especially mm-hmm. if they're really stuck in, you know, their identity of their selves or their relationships or whatever, or their current job or whatever that may be. Uh, and a lot of times those big events like breakups, divorce, losing a job, losing a family member or friend, like it's those big things that make people really kind of take stock and look at what's going on in their lives. Like, I feel like for like 90% of people, that is the catalyst shift that then starts the journey towards something new. I mean, people can start the journey towards something new and feel that deep inner calling they're following without always having to have that like cataclysmic experience. But I feel like for most people, that's how it happens because otherwise it's, they like people have a tendency to want to be comfortable and if they're just comfortable they're not going to change or do what it takes to go through those changes like someone who has nothing left in a sense mm-hmm. so so you're saying that the impact needs to be big enough to yeah to kind of, to, to yeah. shake us through a little yeah was this your yeah. case as well oh definitely and mm-hmm. once once that shake up happened that started the journey uh and ever since then like i haven't you know i've i've had a lot of I had another really big spiritual awakening years after on my yoga journey. And, you know, it was like an enlightenment experience, which is what I was asking for. And it really, you know, shook me up and shook me to the core again. And thankfully I had met someone who was like a friend and a teacher and a mentor during that time to help me through. Cause mm-hmm. for, you know, six or eight months, I thought I was like going crazy and like nothing made sense. And, you know, and I've had other moments like events, like my dad passing away, I've lost best friends. Like it's, you know, a lot of these big shakeup events, but nothing was ever as intense as that first breakup. And I think because I was a lot younger, I was also a lot more sensitive. And, mm-hmm. you know, since then I've, I've gotten such a deeper understanding of the world and how things work. And at least in my beliefs and, and all for all of these things. So it's less, I don't want to say it's less intense, but it doesn't shake you up in the same way because I feel like I'm more strong in myself than I've ever been. So because I have that foundation and strength, I don't get as thrown off course by those kind of things as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. Makes totally sense. So we develop a certain resilience if we 
as mentioned before, don't numb, but actually look at our emotions. Mm-hmm. And we work through the life events that happen because as I always like to say, life happens no matter what. Like mm-hmm. it will it will keep on happening and it's our choice on whether we want to be, yeah, really call ourselves a victim of that life we are living, mm-hmm. right? Because also being, you know, putting yourself in the position of a victim. I don't like the word so much, but I think it clarifies for many people what I'm speaking about is always that we get the attention we want to have. And it's just, as you said, so comfortable to be in there. It could have been just very comfortable for you to stay in the construction work industry, right? I mean, a breakup, to deal with a breakup on its own is already work enough, I would say, Mm -hmm. right? And why then changing an entire life? But you didn't look away anymore. And I think there was no way back. Is that true? Mm -hmm. Uh, definitely. Like mm-hmm. after it ended up happening and I think it was a year or two later, I ended up moving and I moved to a new town and I didn't have any, a, a job or any plans. And I ended up actually buying a yoga studio mm-hmm. and I didn't, it didn't last that long. It was about a year and the yoga studio when I bought it was losing money. And I was like, oh, I can turn this around. You know, it'll be no problem. And it was way harder than I thought. Like I've never done that kind of business before, but I'm the kind of person that if I have a passion or something I'm excited about, I just jump in and do it. And if it works out, awesome. And if it doesn't work out, oh, I learned something along the way, you know, and I learned a I lot of myself it. during that experience. I love this because so much. Yeah. I feel like, you know, your audience, people there need to hear this. Like you, you can sit around and think about it forever, or you can just jump in and start doing it because until you start doing it, you'll never know what it's even like. Like I thought it was going to be my dream job buying a yoga studio and it, it happened almost accidentally. Like I was just looking to teach yoga and she's like, well, actually I want to sell the studio and, you know, I have a business degree. And so I was excited about potentially taking it over. And after running Mm -hmm. it, I realized like, I actually don't like managing yoga teachers. I'm not a manager kind of person. I love teaching, but managing is not for me. And so that's when I learned like, okay, that's actually not what I want to do. And, and I shut it down. And that, and after that, that's when I jumped into the writing and the books and the poetry and, focusing on being an author because it lets me, you know, share my art in a different way. And then I kind of stepped into the mentorship as a way to like still teach people because I liked teaching people without having to like manage employees or have a physical like brick and mortar location and, you know, running events, like those things all take a lot of energy from me. I realized afterwards, like, okay, my energy doesn't specifically love to do those things, but I do Mm -hmm. know what I do like to do. And so it's just a matter of finding out like what lights you up, what fills you up versus what's kind of draining and not aligned to you before we now finally jump into your books and your poetry because me myself can't really wait to hear more about this <laughs> um you said the studio wasn't really going well it seemed like to be a yeah a passion but you realized that parts of you didn't really like yeah some mm-hmm. some parts of that of that kind of business did you consider yourself as a failure? And I'm asking this question because so many people fear failure and Many people probably before they will now hear you speaking about the second part of your journey will be like, yeah, you see, and you failed. I told you so, right? How did you feel after having to shut down your studio? I mean, I definitely felt like a failure at the time because even though it wasn't fully aligned, I had, you know, I remember telling all my friends and family back home, like, oh yeah, I'm going to open my own yoga studio and it's going to be so exciting. And, you know, when you're like losing money every month, then your business goes out of business a year later. Like it, 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 it what did feel like a letdown, but looking back on it now, I'm actually grateful because it led me in the direction I needed to go way more aligned to me than what that was. 
but I didn't see that at the time because, you know, you're focused on the, like, I guess, I don't want to say the loss of the business or, but, but having something not work out. And, you know, even in my, like, as an author with the, the other things I've done, like I've tried tons of online coaching and online business ideas and different ways to sell books and all these different things that didn't work out. A lot of them didn't work out, but I also haven't given up because I know how important it is to do what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's more important to be living my passion and purpose, regardless of whether I make money or not. Like if, if I wanted to just do this to make money, I wouldn't be a poet right now because, you know, for the last five years, like it, it's been, it's been something, but it hasn't been like, you know, replacing a full-time corporate salary job kind of income. Like if that's what you're doing and you just, you know, like there, and everyone's at a different stage, like I was a single guy at my expenses were a lot lower than like people with families and kids and things like that. So I understand that there's like that safety piece as well. But I think if you're really, like, if you're really passionate about it, you should be doing it regardless of whether you're getting paid or not, because eventually you, you will get paid if you, you know, figure out how to, how to do it in a way that, that resonates with your audience and with the work that you do. Like there's, there's a kind of a mixture between a business where you're helping people and your passion where you're getting to sort of do what you love. And mm -hmm. there's kind of a balance between the two, I think, to really find success with like a soul aligned business, if, if you want to call it that. But I can tell you, if you want to be an entrepreneur, the passion needs to be there before the money, because otherwise you will give up because entrepreneurship takes effort and it's a lot more effort than most jobs. So I really feel 100%. like that's an important piece. It is a very important piece. Thank you, Justin, for sharing this. It's being a little bit glorified and, you know, roses and rainbow because this is what the current um, marketing does for sales. It's like easy to get for in three months for zero to 5K, whatever mm -hmm. that is. And I do agree very much with you that this is, um, yes, a difficult path to get to make money, but you will definitely give up if this is not an intentional-led something you would do you would be ready to give your soul for you would be ready to suffer for it's not it's a passion you know even is not enough right you need to be mm -hmm. ready to suffer for it and i mean this in a good way because you also get rewarded it's not like that you suffer for years and get like once a reward but it it's like in exchange right but you need to be ready to make this time mm -hmm. investment and an investment in yourself and you will get paid eventually i totally agree totally. with that totally. yeah yeah and how did your spark came for writing the books you wrote? So please, oh, well, finally. <laughs> I had first started writing, you know, in my like late teens, I, I wrote some poetry inspired by nature, but it was, it was very kind of sporadic, like once every couple of months and I started doing it, but it was actually that same breakup we, I talked about earlier where I really started to write more because I found that as I was writing about the breakup, I could use the poetry as a tool to release my emotions because at the time, as a, especially as a guy, I didn't really know how to express my emotions. And like, I had mm -hmm. friends and family to talk to, but it's still, it's still hard. There's still a lot of stigma around, you know, men don't cry or be tough or what, whatever the story is, which is not true at all. Most guys I'm sure do, but it's, it helped me to release my emotions. And that's when I started writing a lot more continually. And then after that, I sort of wrote about like the the healing journey in a sense, finding myself, finding my own spark, finding my own passion and purpose again. And that those themes formed my, my first book, Unity, which I released about five years ago. And so 
that was kind of like the impetus for that book. And I remember after releasing it, I was so upset because I had like, I did a book launch at the local yoga studio. And the only person that had came was my best friend who had already bought the book. So I was kind of like feeling pretty deflated, you know, another thing in your business where like, it seems like failure. Like I, cause you know, to write a book, especially the first time it took, it took me years to write the content, but then actually getting it like set up for publishing, it was like eight or nine months of like hard work. And I mean, some people do hire that process out. Like my wife has hired that process out, but I'm, you know, someone who likes to figure out how to do things to make sure that I can do it if I need to. And, you know, now for me to like get a book ready to be like in a print format, it takes me two days. Like it's so much faster, but I know I have my templates like set up and ready to go. So it's way easier. But at the time it was a lot of work and to have all that work put in and felt like nobody really cared, you know, and I was really kind of upset but by that point, I had already finished writing my second book. And since I released my first book, I'd been writing about two books a year just because I love to do it. So I think that's really the important piece is like, regardless of whether or not you're getting paid, if, you're, if the passion is there to do something you love, you're going to keep doing it. And eventually the money comes. Like as I've started, you know, showing myself more on TikTok and other social platforms, like I've started making book sales and things have kind of grown. Like it, it happens, it takes time, but also... Uh, there needs to be an understanding that like it is a commitment. And, you know, for me, I, I, I kind of what you were saying earlier, I feel like this is my gift to share with the world. Like it's my, it's my, it's my superpower in a sense. It's my passion. It's my purpose. It's, you know, and my goal with the book is to help, you know, raise the consciousness of humanity and help people see their lives in a different way and to inspire them because I know, you know, what a lot of people are going through is challenging. And the one of the beautiful things about poetry is that it helps people understand their emotions, their feelings, their thoughts in a different way so that they can make sense of the world in different ways and and have those fresh perspectives. So um so that's you know that's kind of my why behind behind it all. And you know, it's been a it's been a real a real journey because once I started doing books, I started doing, that's when I kind of started really researching like the online business stuff because I didn't really know much about it. And that's when I started like looking into like coaching and having other offers and taking coaching and all these types of things. And it's, you know, it's been quite extensive looking at all the methods out there that people use and what can be done. Um, so I, I'm pretty well versed in that, but as someone with a marketing degree, like I actually am really interested in business. I'm interested in marketing. Like I, it's, it's fun for me. But, you know, if you are considering the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial journey, you you know that you're going to need to learn some business skills too. Like that's part of, part of it. Yeah. Fortunately or unfortunately, it is. But <laughs> yeah. I love that you showcase the two differences be, uh, between having a stationary studio where you manage other people mm -hmm. to do the job in order, you know, to sustain your studio, to make that schedule, to book the people where you just mentioned a couple of perks of the online business where oh, yeah. actually in the beginning, the only thing you need to learn is to manage yourself quite well before you start establishing a team, etc. But I do have the feeling that um, running an online business is slightly easier. I don't know if you agree with that. Absolutely. I feel like once you understand the online landscape, it's so much easier because you're still doing, like running a brick and mortar business, you're still doing social media posts, you're still engaging with people, sending out emails, like all the kind of engagement pieces you would be doing with an online business. But the challenge with, you know, in like a retail store or a studio is, you know, the rent payments, like they're 
like I had really cheap rent for the area, but still it was expensive. Whereas online, it's like you pay for your domain name and it's 10, 10 or $20 or maybe more depending on what domain name you get, but it's way cheaper paying for website hosting again, way cheaper. Like that is your online real estate. And, you know, for a hundred bucks a year or whatever it is, like you can host your website and have it running. Like it's, it's, it's not, it's nothing compared to paying $5,000 in rent for an in-person space, you know, or whatever it may be. And you're still gonna be doing all the same, like, audience building and reaching out to people and establishing your authority or expertise like that those things all happen but and like in person is nice like i like doing stuff in person too but the freedom of an online business like for for quite a while actually while i was building the yoga studio i was also doing web design as like a side business project thing and i loved that work because it was all remote it was all on my computer i had a few clients i just talked to them on the phone and do stuff on the computer and meet with them once every like two weeks at working, you know, very part-time hours, but making a full-time income. So, you know, for me, like I loved doing that, you know, it wasn't my like soul-led passion, but it still was fun for me and I, and I made good money. So, yeah. you know, there are lots of potential ways out there for people who are doing online businesses to make a living, if that's what you want to do. And usually the investment in resources and stuff is way less than a brick and mortar type of business. Thank you for these inspirational words. I hope, dear listener, if you are listening to this right now, and considering starting your online business, you just heard it is uh, no rocket science. There is a time investment. There is a passion you need. There is find your gift and share it with the world because this is what it is all about. And the money will come, as Justin just said. Speaking about your passion, Justin, would you mind sharing a piece of poetry of yours? Sure, I will share. So one of the books I released this year, Gaia, Rise of the Goddess, and it's all about you know, the rising feminine energy on the planet and the shifts that we're, we're going through. Mm-hmm. So this poem is called Light Warrior. It's time to open the cosmic gate to allow the light to change your fate. As the light codes stream from the stars above, we rejoice with each other, captivated by love. We can see ourselves whole and complete, but you must know this is no easy feat. It will change everything you've been programmed to believe And now it's time for you to receive an activation code from the power of source so that you can chart your life's course to steer your ship for the waters ahead and let go of the thoughts that play out in your head. In order to make a clear decision, you must learn to end all the division. The constant war that you wage inside is playing out in the ways that you hide. You keep it a secret. You learn to play small. How would life be different if you gave it your all and threw yourself fully into the stream to make your someday more than a dream? To manifest our thoughts into physical things, taking action is what this brings. You must have the courage to make the exchange, put in the effort, and things will rearrange to align you with a new way to be where we can find peace and learn to be free from all the anger, the guilt, and shame you will come to see how you're playing the game. Polarizing yourself with different points of view is blocking you from seeing what is really true. If you want to find a balanced perspective, you need to learn to be more reflective about the things you wish to see, how you choose to act, who you want to be. Only you have the power to choose, and it's up to you with what it means to lose. The master has failed more than the beginner has ever tried. You won't get anywhere 
if you play small and hide. The world needs you to share your gifts as the old world crumbles and the veil lifts. People will see what is really going on and will no longer be controlled like mindless pawns. They will learn to harness the power inside to embrace the world with a heart open wide. As the river of love begins to flow, humanity will learn what it means to grow. We will learn to transcend beyond the body to witness the encompassing light of samadhi. We will awaken the power that we have inside by letting go of our thoughts and allowing the body to guide. Here our wisdom is grounded to the earth so that we can create our own rebirth, not just for ourselves, but all of humanity. It's time that we rise from all the insanity. Stop letting your ego create separation. This is what causes war in our nations. If we want the fighting and violence to cease, we need to learn how to find peace in our body and in our mind so we can see clearly, no longer blind to the way our perception distorts our view so that we miss what is really true. The light inside connects us all, and now it's time for us to stand tall, to be way showers and teachers, healers and guides, to trust the universe will always provide the material resources that we need to thrive. Step into your mission. It's not a race to survive. The earth will see a redistribution of power, and for those at the top, this is the final hour. The house of cards is toppling down. Who will rise to wear the crown? The gift of leadership will go to those who are pure, so that the people will feel strong and sure of the choices and decisions they have to make. Big changes are coming, and a lot is at stake. If you're not sure which way to go, look in your soul, then you will know. It will guide you through the journey you face, so together we can rise and transform with grace. Wow. I would right now love to re-listen right now to this, but I think I will have to be a little bit patient. Justin, thank you for sharing this piece with us. And you also mentioned that you have a gift and we can get your book. Oh, absolutely. Um, so on my website, I have a newsletter sign up and for people who sign up, they get my first three books for free. Um, and I'm happy to share that. And I also have a little mini course there as well uh, for people who want to be more aligned in body, mind, heart, and soul. It's a yeah four-part series that goes through like physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And it's got guided meditations and video lessons and journaling questions. So just give people a deep dive into themselves if they're feeling like they want to find out more about who they are or how they can contribute to the world and in the way that's most aligned with them. Like I, I do offer that as well. So thank you so much. Everything you just said right now, I will put below in the show notes. So everybody who is listening to this has easy access with one click to get Justin's books and his guided meditations. And dear listener, if you're listening to this, this episode resonates with you. Don't hesitate to give us feedback. Don't hesitate to hit that five-star review or share this episode with somebody who you think might really need this guidance might need to hear this in order to yeah to make possibly the, that that one jump forward and make the change that people are longing for. Dear Justin, before we end our lovely conversation, I could continue forever as usual, <laughs> but I would like to last, ask you one last question: What do people misunderstand the most about you? Um, I think the, for, like, the first thing that's coming to the top of my mind is my need for space. You know, as a writer and a yogi and a poet like just having personal space to 
for me, I love being out in nature, but just to, to be in my own energy or the energy of nature, like I feel like very calming, very peaceful, very uh, aligning in a sense. And, you know, in the modern world, it's very hard sometimes to find that space. You know, like my wife has three kids and, you know, they're in school during the day, which is great. But like, you know, at home, it's it's pretty nonstop and, with, you know, other things like I think that's the biggest thing is just, you know, for people who like me who are more on the introverted side, like just having some personal space is a big a big win for me so mm-hmm. so guys if you see justin walking somewhere in the forest he's okay he's just gathering some totally. inspiration so because we get that question so often that if we you know ask for the space we need that we are being mm-hmm. asked like are you right is there anything wrong right so i think totally. it's totally okay to yeah to make these boundaries and mm-hmm. do it anyway and to tell people, yes, I am okay. I just need to be alone. Thank you so much to be my guest on the show, Justin. Thank you for sharing your story. It has been an inspiring and empowering, and I can't wait to share this with the world. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, do you want to create fantastic reels with unique captions quickly? This script has saved me time and brought back the fun of creating reels. The writing, transcript editing and recording program automatically detects errors, ums and speech gaps and much more. I became an affiliate of this script because it eliminates the sucky part of reel and video editing and adds much value to my work as a coach and creator. You can try this script for free by clicking the link in the show notes and reach out to me if you need help with your first edits.